Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 90. Number 90, that's pretty awesome, huh? 90 episodes, which means... Which means there are a lot of episodes for you to listen to, a lot of passages. You know, the great thing about the Bible is it's got a lot of verses in it, (laughs) a lot of verses in it for us to dig in and grow in. And and, uh, an encouragement that I continue to have throughout this podcast is this, Um, you know, I'm taking a passage and pulling it out of the context, which is, you know, kind of the chapter or the chapters or the book in which this particular passage is founded. I oftentimes give a little context, but... But it's so much better if you can slow down and kind of dig in for yourself and find the greater context um, of what that passage is really saying. Um, There's a a thing that I I learned in Bible college. It's called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the study of scripture. It's what's the historical context? What's the meaning of the word? What's the time and the age that this was written? Who wrote it? Why did they write it? All these different complex, beautiful things that the scriptures provide for us. So I'm simply presenting a passage here that has kind of really rocked me, but I tend to read those in the context of the larger passage that it's in. So an encouragement to you is go in, read the chapter. So today we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. So, hey, it would be really good. Go read Proverbs 16 and feel a little bit about what Solomon's trying to say in the whole chapter, uh, not just in this particular verse, because it actually makes the passage even greater. I want to say this. uh, Thank you again for those of you who are listening and subscribing across the the board. I really appreciate it. Uh, I found out I have this little analytics thing that we actually have some people listening in Japan. So those of you listening in Japan, uh, welcome. So glad that you are listening in some other places around the country. So glad that you're tuning in and listening. And I love that we're learning and growing together across culturally, across the world. And so that's really cool. Also, uh, would love uh, if you uh, want to, uh, to go to our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Front Porch Confessional. There you can make a donation. So for those of you who have done that, thank you so much. Uh, there's some devotionals. I was able to give a coffee mug away uh, this week, which was pretty cool. Uh, we have Front Porch Confessional coffee mugs. Really, really cool. And so uh, would love for you to be a part of that. And thank you for those. Thank you again for those of you who have uh, chose to partner in that way. Really appreciate it. All right, let's dig into it. Proverbs 16, verse 9. This is one of those gold passages. I've been so excited to go through this passage. And it says this, The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. So great. Um, Patty and I um, have been married now. We've been together for 23 years, 23 and a half years. I've been married for 21 years. Um, The early part of our marriage was really interesting in the fact that Patty... doesn't have that ability to understand north, south, south, east, and west. She, She does not have any directional kind of uh, EQ. It just isn't in her. It's not something she pays attention to. It's just not something that's in her. So in the early years of our marriage, 
I would literally draw her maps because I actually love that kind of thing. I can kind of remember a place if I've been it, uh, been to it one time. I can usually get back to uh, where that was, but uh, for Patty, that's not the case. So in the early years, I used to write her maps. I actually used to use a paper map uh, back in the day, um, and then I would figure it out, and I would draw her a map because she didn't really like maps and really couldn't read maps well. So I would draw her a map with land landmarks and uh, turn right here with little arrows and this should take you this amount of time. It was like a whole thing to help her get to where she needed to get. Um, and inevitably what would happen, this was a great crisis in our marriage in the early years, uh, inevitably what would happen is she would get lost and she would keep going back to the map. Well, the map has told you just how to get there. It didn't tell you, it doesn't tell you what to do when you get lost, right? And so she would call me and say, I don't know where I am. Well, I don't know where you are either. And she would be so frustrated and I would be like, babe, I have no idea where you are. And, uh, and I wish I could fix this for you, but I can't. And so then she's got to go in a store and then she's got to ask directions. It was a whole thing and it was really frustrating for her. But then the GPS, thank goodness for those people at Garmin. Uh, they came out with a GPS, and I always say a GPS saved our marriage. Uh, the GPS came out, and simply what the GPS would do is I could type in uh, the address, and it would take her there. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes she would get lost, but the GPS would course correct and say, no, you need to turn back, or you need to go left, or you know, recalculating. That's what he used to say, recalculating, recalculating. And that simply meant, hey, you're off track. Let me put you back on track. And that's what I, I love about this passage. Uh, and, and in many ways, that analogy is really helpful. That story is really helpful in the way that we understand uh, how God moves in our lives, how he's directing in our lives. This uh, passage for me has been one of those guiding ones. It, I really came upon it and was overwhelmed uh, by it about 10 years ago. And it started to go, whoa, this is a really mind-blowing, mind-shifting, life-shifting passage. But recently, uh, I was on a retreat. And I was kind of slowing down and listening and, and was thinking about this particular passage. And I saw it in a bit of a different light. It, I, I saw it um, sometimes, you know, that's what's so beautiful about the word of God is you can sit with a verse and chew on it and chew on it and try to understand it. And, and this is just a short little verse. And then all of a sudden it's like the spirit of God goes, hey, I want to reveal something else to you about that passage. And I feel like for me, this is uh, what I'm about to say next is, is one of those observations that I had about this passage. Maybe this will be helpful. But, you know, in the early years when I would read this passage, um, I had this sense that I was supposed to let go and let God do his work. You know, I think there's even like a bumper sticker that goes, let go and let God, something like that. You know, and so that was my whole posture. God, this is your plan. This is your glory. And so I'm going to let go. And it's almost like, you know, I'm going to take my hands off the wheel. I'm going to let you take the steering wheel and you just drive this thing, man. I, I'm along for the ride. You tell me what you want me to do. You tell me what you want me to, where you want me to go. And I'm all in, you know, at least I, I want to be all in. I want to follow you and I want to do your will. Um, but as I started chewing on this passage a little bit more, and as I kind of went on this little retreat where I got to get away and slow down and pray, I, I sort of realized, well, that's not a bad idea. Like, obviously, 
it's never a bad idea to allow God to lead uh, your life. Uh, but I think there's something so much more here, so much more beautiful. And what I see here in this passage is there is a beauty in the struggle. There's a beauty in the struggle, you know, and, and the struggle is that I actually have a plan. You know, in this passage, we, we see that there's a plan, like a plan has been made, but there's also this plan that God has. And so there's a struggle in that, you know, like God wants me to go, God, what are you doing? I want to, I want to follow after you. I have this desire, this plan in my life, but is this what you want? And God allows the spirit of God to continue to work. And that's what I see here. I see this as a relational struggle. It's not telling man to stop making plans. Like, and that was the real epiphany for me. It's like, wait, he's not telling me to stop making plans. He's not saying, hey, Jeff, stop making plans. Take your hands off the steering wheel and I'll just take it. You can just put your hands behind your head and go on auto glide. He's like, no, 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 no. Make your plans. Make your plans. You know, pray, ask, ask me for wisdom and discernment, but make your plans. But here was the part that was really great. Uh, don't stop making plans um, because that's laziness. Uh, instead, what it's saying is make your plans, but be ready, be ready to be ready for God to take you on a different path, to change, different path to change the plan. That's why that Ecclesiastes uh 7.13 is my favorite verse in the Bible because it says, watch the way that God works and fall in line. Don't fight the ways of God for who can make straight what God has made crooked. I love that. It's basically saying we all have plans and making plans are not wrong. In fact, encouraged by God, make plans. It's okay. Man makes plans. That's what it's saying. Proverbs is going, man makes plans. God's not saying, and stop making plans. That's stupid. That's not what the passage says. It simply says, but the Lord establishes the steps. The Lord may say yes to that plan, but submit yourself to the steps that he has as you move forward in that plan. Other times he might say, I've got a different plan. I've got a different path. And as I take you on that path, you're going to need steps there as well. And this is what was so eye opening for me. But there's a tension, right? There's a tension uh, when you give your life to the Lord because it's not about you. And it's not necessarily about your plans. It's about him. The relationship, and this is how I see this passage, I see it as a relational tension and a beautiful tension at that. A relational tension. You see, the, the relationship is where we both grow and learn in the good and bad, which means when sometimes I make plans and I do my plans and they go really bad. And he doesn't abandon us to that plan. Look to the prodigal son. Prodigal son makes a plan. And he actually commits himself to that plan and it goes really poorly. And then as he's kind of feeding, feeding these pigs and he's contemplating eating uh, a cob, it says that he came to his senses. Essentially, I think I'm taking the wrong path. I think I'm doing this all wrong. And he remembers his father and he returns home, right? That's relational. And I can leave home 
but I can also come home and reestablish my steps, reestablish my plan. You see, the relationship is where we, we grow in the good and the bad. And, you know, if you just slow down, you look through scripture, and I'll just use two people in particular, but if you look at Joseph and Job, you can see how there was a plan um, that they, a path that they went on. And it was really, really hard. You know, Joseph gets abandoned by his brothers. He gets, you know, lied about, um, betrayed by Potiphar's wife. He gets betrayed by these men in jail who say they're going to do something and don't. And yet God had a plan for him all along the way. Now it was a struggle all the way through. I'm imagining for Joseph, but through that struggle, through that tension, he was able to really see all that God had for him. And what I love about the faithfulness of Joseph is that he stands before his brothers and he goes, Hey, Hey, what Satan intended for evil, God made good. I love that. And maybe right now, as I say that, like you needed to hear that. The, the path that you're on right now, or the steps that you're taking may seem really difficult, but you feel like I'm obeying God. Then continue on that path. He's going to guide your steps. And just because he guides the steps doesn't mean it's easy. Many times it means it's very difficult. I mean, if you look at the story of Job, Job's story is one of those stories. I'm like, why did you put that in the Bible? Like, I'm so grateful. I mean, as a Christian, I'm so grateful. It's in the Bible. It's authentic. It's hard. There's struggle. There's truth. There's an understanding of who God is and who we are and, and bad situations in life. And you're going, God, where are you? And God reaffirms who he is. Right. But all along that path, God is trying to guide the steps of Job. And Job has a responsibility a beautiful responsibility to worship God, even in the hard. And this is what we see. We see that it was difficult for those men, but God was working even in the difficult. So here's a greater thought. Can I make plans? Can I make plans and not put my trust in those plans? but in God who establishes my steps. Can I make plans and not put my trust in those plans, but in God who establishes my steps? In the end, all he wants to do is lead us to himself and to others. That's so, so important. I cannot express how important that is. That he wants to lead and to guide you to himself and to others always because if our plans are about us then that's all they will ever be and I hope that sits in pretty heavy because it sat in pretty heavy with me if my plans are all about me then it's just going to be about me but if I really am submitting my plans to God and still making plans and going through that relational journey with him and submitting my life to him, he's going to lead me to himself and lead me to others. So uh, uh, the question that I've been working through uh, on top of the question I asked early was this one. What plans are you currently making and not looking for God's guidance? Maybe process through that right now, wherever you are, if you're driving or walking or whatever it is, maybe just process through that. Um, Father God, continue to guide us in your ways. 
for your glory. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heart. Until next time.